And we're live. With the Paranormal Dash Spirits. Place we come to get our booze on. We talk about the booze, the things that go bump in the night. And I get to do that with all my booze. <clears throat> I am Mike Black. I am here with Alyssa Black, my wife. Hello. And across the table from me, I have the beautiful and talented John Burkett. I don't know how to say it in French. I was going to say, where's the... Uh, bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> Hello. There we go. It's bonjour. So we're, in case you didn't figure it out, we're celebrating Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Got our beads on. I won't tell you what I showed to get them. John, what would you show? Uh, Nothing. <laughs> Alyssa, what would you show to get your beads? No, that's a secret. <laughs> That's a what is it? Laissez la bon temps rouler. Laissez le bon temps rouler. Yeah, laissez le bon temps rouler. Yeah, whatever. Let the good times roll. <laughs> Ça c'est bon. <laughs> Ça c'est bon, chef. Alrighty. So tonight we're going to start off like we do every night that we record, and that's with the B-O-O-Z-E that we drink. I got a good one today. And. So across from me, John is drinking, I believe, Wild Turkey Rare Breed. Yep. Yep. Like completely leaded, foolproof. 116 proof. 116.7 or something like that. Alyssa is drinking <coughs> uh, Tears of the Gods. Lagavulin. Lagavulin 16. And I am drinking Tequila Ocho Blanco. Mm-hmm. Sipping it as we tell our spooky stories. Tequila eight. And John has a story for us tonight. And John, what's your story about? The Lollary Mansion in New Orleans. In quite celebration a, of quite appropriate for Mardi Gras. Nolans and Mardi Gras and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Before we do that, let's talk about the places you can find us. If you're listening to a podcast right now, you can find us on YouTube and see all of our silly get-ups with our masks and our beads. and Racerback tees. Racerback tees. Dracula yeah. capes. All the crazy stuff that we do here on the podcast. And uh, that's it. 3B Paranormal Spirits. If you want to go check us out on TikTok, Instagram, or X, you can go to paranormal underscore dash spirits. Just X, not X hamster. Hmm? <laughs> not X hamster. That's no. a di- totally different website. <laughs> different website. No, X. You know, like used to be Twitter X, that one. Yeah. And I'm going to put it right here, and it'll be up above us, and you, can, you can't see it right now, John. That's in post-production. <laughs> <laughs> So I know he looked, but so you can find us there. You can go to our website that I just renewed today. Yeah. Yeah. Has it been a year already? Yeah. It's been a year. Yay. For the website. At least we hadn't been putting up podcasts yet. The domain at least. uh, Yeah. The domain. I had to renew it. Um, And that is paranormal-spirits.com. Just like it sounds. Has a little dash mark in there. You can go there and you can go out to YouTube or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, which is Booze with Benefits, B-O-O-S, Booze. And you can also go to Boozy's Boutique. And at Boozy's Boutique, you can pick up all the, well, all the cool swag that we have, like dad caps and trucker caps, racerback tees and regular tees that have funny sayings on them and Coffee mugs and coffee cups and koozie covers and koozie I'm sorry. covers. <laughs> I'm sorry, we don't we don't have koozie covers yet. We have uh, boozies, boozies, koozies. <laughs> I've been pushing. I totally did that. On I've been purpose. pushing for I the koozie know. covers. I totally did that on purpose. Think, uh, just a, just like a, a tea back, you know. With you want a tea back? Well, not for me to oh. sell. Oh yeah, okay. Like, well, you know, tea back like under underwear drawers panties. But, mm. but with, floss with this on the the thicker part in the front, <laughs> the, the thicker part, the eye patch part, the, the eye patch, <laughs> the cooter cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we've gone down that path. It's koozie cover. <laughs> oh, all right. So we've we've made all our jokes. We've we've done all our plugs, and we know what we're drinking now. So let's get into the B double O S. And John can tell us about Madame Lalori. 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 Y'all didn't take French. Or Lalori. Lalori, that's. Whatever. 
for what we <laughs> yeah. say around here. French things are hard to say. They are. Except for baguette. <laughs> and, and, and French fries. And croissant. Croissant. Or and croissant. When you it? hear croissant by actual French people, though, it's quite impressive. Croissant. Like, I speak watch French. I can say, je je le coute. <laughs> and, uh, and what do you call that little... Breguet. What do you call the little the decorations on the dot? Guilloche? Guilloche. Is it guilloche? And then what do you call the thing that they used to put in the pocket watch to keep it level all the type of movement? A battery? No. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was invented by Louis Breguet. So the tourbillon. Oh, the oh, tourbillon. What's that tourbillon. one? What is the really, really expensive brand? Starts with a P. Patek Philippe. Pat- Patek Philippe. Yeah. Is that not French? Mm-hmm. I guess that would be. Yeah. I think he's or French, Swiss. right? It's for, I mean, it's French. Yeah. In Switzerland, so, uh, it's predominantly French, or there is a German-speaking area of Switzerland, mm-hmm. like it's where IWC is in Glashu. Right, but most of it is... Most of the brand names are French. They speak French, don't they? Mm-hmm. Isn't it the same it's language? It's not a Swiss. Steak, no, they speak... Just there's a Swiss steak and a Swiss cheese. Swiss cake roll. Swiss All cake right. roll. But, <laughs> so uh, let's, start, let's start the booze off with our traditional... Cilantro. Cilantro. Salute. There you go. I don't, I don't know what the French say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably something arrogant. <laughs> Cheers. <clears throat> Anywho. So. Sante. Oh, it's like cilantro. Yeah, apparently. I have to have him pronouncing it right. I don't know. I didn't take French. I don't either. Alrighty. So, shrouded in mystery and haunted tales, the mm. Valerie Mansion stands as a historic and infamous landmark in the heart of New Orleans' French Quarter. Its dark history weaves a tapestry of horror, cruelty, and the supernatural, making it a focal point for those intrigued by the macabre. There's another French word, macabre. You know what it drives me nuts? When macabre? People, m- macabre. <laughs> it's macabre. I mean, anyway, so what they put the R and the E on there for? They're not going to use it. I don't know. There's always silent letters at the end of French words. Sometimes English words too. To be honest, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the mansion is located at 1140 Royal Street. It was once the residence of Madame Delphine Lalaurie, a prominent socialite in early 19th century New Orleans. Madame LaLaurie was known for her beauty and her charm, which masked the sinister secret that would come to light in the most shocking manner. Now, uh, Marie Delphine McCarty, she Uh was born, was born in Spanish, in uh, New Orleans, Spanish Louisiana, Spanish at the time, in 1787, is one of five children. Her father... Excuse me on this one. I'm going to say it the American way. Louis Bartholomew McCarty had brought the family to New Orleans from Ireland around 1730. Her mother was Marie-Jean Le French lady. Uh, <laughs> known as the widow Le Comte. The only reason I know I say Comte is because of the cheese. As her marriage to uh, Louis McCarty was her second. And what was her name again? The Widow Le Comte. <laughs> I, was, I was wanting to hear the one before that. Marie <laughs> Jean Le Erable mm. or Le Erable. Oh, okay. Le Erable. Okay. There's an apostrophe between the L and the E. <clears throat> Now, both of Delphine's parents were prominent members of the city's European Creole community. Her uncle by marriage, I can say this one because it's Spanish, uh, Esteban Rodriguez Miro, was governor of the Spanish-American provinces of Louisiana and Florida from 1785 to 1791. And her cousin, Augustine de McCarty, do they throw the Irish last names and start putting French? Was mayor of New Orleans from 1850 to 1820. Delphine was married three times. She was, uh, she liked the men. She was an alley cat. 
Right, but her first but marriage. Then. Well, her first marriage was at the age of thirteen, which, by modern sensibilities, you would find quite disturbing. Um, <clears throat> it was to a high-ranking Spanish officer named Don Ramon de Lopez y Angulo. Pedo. <laughs> oh, stop it! <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, seriously. he is. It would be he would be now. in jail, and yeah. <clears throat> now he died in Havana four years later. Um while they were on a stop on their way to Spain, he had been called back to the Spanish court and, uh, probably for child diddling. Well, they were going, so Louisiana was going through a lot of shifts at this time. It was French. Then it was Spanish. Then it was French again. And then with the Louisiana purchase, it became the United States. Right. So there was a lot of transition and going on at this time. Anyway. So he dies in Havana while she was pregnant with her first child. Now, I put this in here because this is such a crazy name. Marie Borja Delphine Lopez y Angulo de la Candelaria. I'll put that on a driver's license. You do, and you will clean it up. <laughs> Good to, I mean, imagine trying to fit that on it. Yeah. Anyway. So like she, pick, pick one or two. You know, maybe three. <laughs> you just know, all, the all of the names. So she married her second husband, who was a prominent banker named Jean Blanc, that one's easy to say, in 1808 when she was about 21 years old. And Delphine had four children with Blanc, three daughters and a son. Didn't put any of their names in here because it's all just a bunch of Jacques and Marie's. It's all the same. Um, Blanc died in 1816, leaving her a widow one more time. And then in 1825, she married again. This time to a local physician, 15 years her junior. What's wrong with that? She was a cougar. Oh, that's true. I guess the roles are reversed. Yeah, reversed roles. Yeah, she married a, married a much younger man. His name was, I'm saying it American way, Leonard Lewis Nicholas LaLaurie. So that's where the LaLaurie comes. Uh, 18, from the, the young buck. From the from her young. From the young from buck. From her young stud, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, who who may have been a real creep, actually, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> In 1831, she bought the property at 1140 Royal Street and had a two-story mansion built there, complete with attached slave quarters. In 1832, Delphine petitioned the court for a separation from bed and board of her husband, which she claimed he had treated her in such a manner as to render their living together unsupportable. But apparently this didn't last because uh, Dr. LaLaurie was home on the uh, fateful night of April 10th, 1834. Hmm. I I assume by Dr. LaLaurie, he was a doctor? Yeah, physician. I said physician. I'm sorry, I missed that. She married a young doctor. Um, Smart. So Delphine Laurie was uh, not only creating a reputation as a uh, beautiful, wealthy socialite who threw lavish parties and galas and balls and whatever you want to call them. Uh, she walked among the New Orleans elite, but she was also gaining a reputation for something uh, else that was rumored to be happening behind the grand facade of the Lori mansion. Hidden in the recesses of its chambers, Madame LaLaurie committed acts of heinous cruelty against her slaves. Mm. Heinous means really bad, right? Oh. With an H. Yeah. Yeah, not... No, okay. Not the other. I mean, yeah, probably For, that oh. too. But um, <clears throat> once a neighbor witnessed a young slave girl named Leah jump to her death from the roof of the mansion while being pursued by Delphine with a whip... Oh, my God. And the way the story kind of turns out is that uh, Madame LaLaurie had asked her to brush her hair, and she hit a knot. You know what? In LaLaurie's hair? In LaLaurie's hair, which at which point she became enraged, began whipping her with a whip she kept around with metal tips. Oh, my God. And the girl ran away from her, ran upstairs, went to the roof of the, at this time, two-story building. It's three stories now, but jumped off. To her death. Mm. This was her heart. This was witnessed by people. Now, New Orleans, unlike many other places in the South, 
New Orleans had laws against the uh, mistreatment, physical punishment, mm -hmm. neglect, anything of slaves. They actually had laws against it there. And this was witnessed by people who saw this. The authorities were called and an investigation occurred. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the family was found guilty and charged $300 and forced to sell, sell nine slaves. Out of? How many did she have? Well, is on record at some point there was in the 20s but then there's appears to have been some that weren't that there weren't any papers on mm. okay i'm confused because she lives in the city right it's a big house there's a yard plus her family owned a plantation as well so did these slaves work at the plantation and then were quartered there or these were her they were 20s? quartered in the house there was several many quartered in the house so but she it, had upwards of 20, my God. It's a big house. Well, not all of them were seen all the time. Mm. Um, <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Carry on. So, unfortunately for those nine slaves, they were purchased by a wealthy family member of hers and returned to the household. Oh, my God. See, uh, she wasn't just wealthy. She was... Uh, very wealthy, especially for she the time. She was untouchable wealthy, evidently. But, I mean, you know, there is a point to where money can't buy you out of stuff. Uh, but her estimated net worth in 1834 was $3 million, which in today's money is over $100 million. Good gracious. I can say. So she, she's rich. Yeah. Uh, she was very wealthy. $3 million now would be nice. Yeah, I mean, that's enough to maybe retire for older guys like me or Mike and be able to be okay. Do probably anything we wanted for the rest of our life. With I mean, dollars. yeah, maybe. Yeah, depends on what your Yeah, taste. like a $100 million lottery would be better. Oh, my God. I'm going to take $3 million and run with it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Shoot. I'm so, well, Adios, Mexico. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, maybe not there. Um so while uh, whispers of abuse circulated around town, you know, people would see her about, she was very kind to her slaves in public, mm -hmm. but people did notice that they appeared emaciated, sickly, and somewhat, uh, I want to say downtrodden, but that seems like something stupid to say about someone who is a slave. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Something was off. And people would like notice a, it at her parties as well. Like and, a dog you've beaten down and they're cowed. Exactly. So, on the night of April 10th, 1834, the truth was exposed. Madame Lollery was having one of her famous parties, and a fire broke out at the mansion. Well, you don't want to let a good party go to waste, so she took the guests and everyone went outside onto Royal Street with their cocktails, and they locked the door behind them. Oh, goodness. Um, the fire brigade shows up. I don't know what they called them back then, but these were all, you know, they fire didn't department. have professional fire departments like they mm -hmm. do now. But uh, the bucket brigade or whatever showed up. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was being led by a prominent judge with some power who was in the fire brigade. And they saw there was Lollery and uh, Dr. Lollery and uh, guests and stuff, but they didn't see any of her uh, servants. And asked, inquired about it, but did, did they get out? Did everyone get out? To which they were told it was none of their business. Oh my goodness. So the doc, so the judge, fire brigade attempts to enter the home. Doors are locked. They demand the keys. They were refused the keys. So he said, kick it down, boys. So they kicked the door down. So, uh, expecting to just find some scared slaves, you know, trying to and help them escape from the fire, what they actually found, nothing could have prepared them for. They discovered the fire had started in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. When they went to put it out in the kitchen, they discovered a 70-year-old slave woman chained to the stove. Mm -hmm. Like a leg iron chained to the stove. And it turns out 
she had been the one who had set the fire. She she told her she wasn't dead. She oh was alive, God. and she had set the fire in an attempt to uh, unalive herself because burning to death, as she told him, was better than spending another day in the house. Oh, oh my God. gosh. She also told them, the rescuers, that the ones that go in the attic never come back. So the rescuers the headed to the attic, attic, found another locked door, battered it in, kicked it in. And this is where uh, <laughs> we got to throw out the trigger warning here. Because what they found is uh, uh, unsettling, pretty unbelievable. And some of it may not be true, but at least half of it is. Mm-hmm. Enough of it is that it's bad. So one of the first things they found allegedly was a uh, a male and female slave chained to a bed with uh, their genitals Parts? had been removed and then crudely sewn on the other one. No. Oh, my. In a sort of crude horror movie. Gen- like the caterpillar thing or something. Gender swap. Yes. This is a human centipede level stuff. Yeah. Centipede, not caterpillar. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Jesus. They found at least one male slave chained to the ball like this with barbed wire around the wrists, barbed wire around the neck. So it couldn't mm-hmm. move without being cut. Oh, God. Face had been skinned alive with the maggots eating the flesh. Oh. Um, another woman was chained by the neck, had a large open skull wound in her skull with maggots. Um, then they heard a noise coming from a, a chest. Large, I hope chest kind of thing, or in this case, no hope chest, right? Um, I know where we're going with this. This is like Pulp Fiction, the Gimp, right? Worse. They open the chest or unlock the, you know, they bring Mm -hmm. the lock off and they find a uh, a woman who has been who has had her arms and legs broken multiple times and then bound to regrow in an unnatural shape, so that. She would have to oh, more like a crab and also could be stuffed inside the box. So she'd fit. So she would fit. What's in the box? Oh. Yeah. That's awful. Uh, allegedly, they found a young girl chained to a chair, physically unharmed, physically. Uh, when they unbound her, she immediately ran to the nearest window, jumped through the glass, broke the glass, and fell to her death. But apparently, she had been forced to watch what was going on in there. Hmm. Uh, body parts everywhere. I mean, it's uh, some pretty gruesome stuff. God bless. Yeah. Um, this is like the hills have eyes slash... Chainsaw Massacre slash slash yeah, Hostile, Hostile Two. It's awful. Solve Ten. All those mm. torture porn movie type stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is really, really messed up stuff. So, how sure are we of this? Is this like is this documented by the? The fire brigade, or yeah, is this just this, uh, legend I, that's been passed down. Some of this is a legend. Some mm-hmm. of this is from testimony from, oh my god, the uh, rescuers. So let's say half is is true, right? Even if half, I would it's go, horrible. If it had, even if half of it is true, this makes her America's first female serial killer, and, and she gets the blame for all this. But I'm pretty sure. I mean, she couldn't have done this by herself. The husband probably. See, the that. husband was doing it too. Which he was a doctor, right? Right. Mm-hmm. They were doing it together, or she may have forced other slaves to participate in this. Who knows? Because we didn't get any answers from her. We'll get to that. In a um. So, 
Other slaves that were removed from the home were emaciated. They showed scars of the whip. They were wearing spiked, you know, the spiked collars, like that mm-hmm. you can't move your head or lay down or anything. Right. Some with spikes inward. Um, now, over the decades, accounts of this stuff have become more explicit. There was an author, Jean de Levine. I can say that one. Um, <laughs> wrote in his book Ghost Stories of Old New Orleans in 1946, alleged that LaLaurie had a sadistic appetite that seemed never appeased until she had inflicted on one or more of her black servitors uh, more hideous, some hideous form of torture, and claimed that those who responded to the 1834 fire had found male slaves stark naked, changed the walls, their eyes gouged out. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. What that was? <laughs> Were you surfing some website? No. I was looking for the picture. Oh. Apparently, say. they wanted to dance about it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So they had felt eyes gouged out, alive, still alive, while they were alive. Uh, their fingernails pulled off by the roots. Others had joints skinned and festering. Mm. Uh, great holes in their buttocks where the flesh had been sliced away. Their ears hanging by shreds, their lips sewn together. One story read she would stuff feces in their mouth and then sew the lips shut, which you couldn't do by yourself. Somebody's going to fight back, you know. Um, Intestines pulled out and knotted around naked waists. What? Multiple stories of her cutting open and pulling people's guts out. There were holes in skulls where she would poke sticks and scramble brains while they were alive. Lobotomy. <laughs> it's yeah, beyond that. It's beyond that. I know that. But. Um, it, these are crimes on a level that was the most brutal violence depicted in the most hor- like hardcore, like disturbing underground horror movies. I was going to say, this, is, this is as bad as the, what do you call it? Horror porn or... Torture porn. Torture porn. Torture porn movies. Of today. Of today. That they make movies about. Right. Not the actual commission of those crimes. Yeah. And this is back in the... This is 1834. Yeah. Well, and you think about it, you know, it was easier to hide stuff back then. Yeah. So... Well, she probably it probably she did go on. I mean, if somebody can imagine it, somebody's done it, but you know? Um. The judge who had entered the house, the judge, well, his name was Jean Francois Conange, or Conange, mm-hmm. I don't know if the E's or not. Uh, when the judge asked Dr. Lalaurie, Dr. Mr. Lalaurie, mm-hmm. about what they'd found in the attic, he was told in an insolent manner some people had better stay at home rather than come to others' houses to dictate laws and meddle with other people's business. Well, the judge can dictate the law. Well, and this was against the law in New Orleans. It should be against the law anywhere. I mean, maybe not in Mississippi. Who knows back then? But in New Orleans. That's true. Yeah, for the slaves, yes. Definitely illegal. Now, the uh, discovery of what had happened, uh, this news spread quickly, like that night. (laughs) And uh, an angry mob of local citizens attacked the LaLaurie residence. And the quote from the day was destroyed everything upon which they could lay their hands. The sheriff and his officers were called upon to disperse the crowd. But by the time the mob left, the property had sustained major damage with scarcely anything left, but the walls, the mob actually set fire to the house that they had just caught fire and been put out. Oh, wow. So we're talking pitchforks and torches when they heard what was how the slaves were being treated, they destroyed the house. And see, and that's not hard for me to believe, especially after what I know about the the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas, and you know after uh, Doctor Baker was arrested there, they the townspeople came up because you know he would burn the bodies in the incinerator. And not even a proper cremation, just burn them in the incinerator, and that smoke would waft down the mountains because it's a, it, the crescent sets at the top of that mountain, and it would just mm-hmm. go down all through the town, and they'd smell it, you know. And it took them two days to dismantle that. The, the townspeople came up and just 
on their own, oh, yeah. took it upon themselves to dismantle it. So I, I could I, see I them. I think it was a lynch mob looking for her. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure. Where did she go? Well, we'll get to that. Uh, but so there is a, now this is one of those legend parts, right? That, right. Um, after the mob had burned the house down, locals would hear screams and stuff and cries coming from the house. And they just assumed this to be supernatural. Mm-hmm. But later discovered that there were actually other slaves kept underneath the house. And that was the sound of them screaming for help as they suffocated from smoke inhalation or died from starvation or oh dear god oh my god no, that's that that part there's no evidence of that that's well, i was gonna part say of the, they found the one woman uh, chained to the stove where were the others in the attic, in the attic. but others had come out there were oh, okay. other household talking, slaves okay. that had come out that that but they all had to be rescued they weren't gonna it's not like the lollaries were gonna get them out right well i was just curious where because it sounded like she had a lot and I mean, and then the one said that if they go in the attic, they don't come out. So I'm like, well, who was helping during the party? Like, where are all the other ones? Yeah, those were left inside. Though they were rescued by the. Oh, okay. Uh, now the the rescued slaves were taken to a local jail for public viewing, not to humiliate them, but to show. This is what this crazy this is what had done did. right, and by mm. April twelfth, two days later, around four thousand people had gone to look. Oh my God! To as the in the words of the day, convince themselves of their sufferings. Uh, at least two that we know of rescued slaves later died in the weeks following the fire, and then when digging the yard of the mansion, more bodies were discovered. Including that of a child. Oh. Which, that could have been Leah. Like, the legend said she was, the body was tossed down the well, the one that jumped off the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Madame LaLaurie, she managed to escape the public's wrath. While the mob was attacking the house, she managed to get away in a coach to the waterfront and get on a schooner. I was going to say, where she secured passage back Sur- to France secured or something. Secured passage, uh, first to Mobile, Alabama, where she was joined by Dr. LaLaurie, caught up with her in Mobile, and then on to Paris, where she lived out the rest of her life in exile and escaped justice. Oh, my God. Um, of course she did. Accounts of her death vary. Uh some records say 1842, some 1849. Another author wrote that she lived till 1888 and died in a boar hunting accident. <laughs> and then other people say she managed to return to New Orleans and live out her life as an underground serial killer. Mm. That that yeah, sounds like BS. I'm going to say she died in France either 1842 or 1849. So that's her. <laughs> Oh and that's the stuff that went on there. Mm. Now, now, the original house where all this took place, that didn't survive the mob. Mm-hmm. Uh, the outside walls is about all that was left after it was burned down. And uh, the house at 1140 Royal, uh, commonly referred to as the La La Ray or the Haunted House, mm-hmm. that's not the same building that was occupied by the Lollary family. Is it the same grounds? Just the same grounds. It's not the same house. Just not the same house. Okay. The original house was burned by the mob in 1834. Mm-hmm. So they basically raised that one and put another Pretty one much. In place. It remained in a ruined state, or still there is a ruin, until uh, 1838 when it was rebuilt by Pierre Trasteur. Anyway. And assumed the appearance that it has today. Uh, Did they build it back like it was? I, I, I think they built it back like it was, but there's a third story now that was added on at some point that was not there in the original house. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because a lot of people, there's like one window on the third floor that they have archway mm-hmm. windows. And one of them is bricked up. Just one. 
Oh, yeah, I see that. And they like to tell people, oh, that's the one that the slave jumped out of during the fire, you know. They only had a second floor. But the third floor didn't even exist when that happened. So that's BS. But they do say that every time they put put glass in that window, it somehow gets knocked out. So they finally just bricked it up. Oh, wow. Supernatural. Maybe. Uh, Now, over the decades, this house was used as a public high school. A conservatory of music, an apartment building, a regular apartment building for normal people, right? (laughs) Then it was a refuge for young delinquents, a bar, a furniture store, and a luxury apartment building. Uh, It is now a private residence. Um, And in April 2007, the building was purchased by... The man, the myth, the legend, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I read that. So Nick Cage bought it in 2007 for $3.45 million. And then in 2009, he had some financial problems. And uh, it ended up on the auction block at foreclosure and uh, was valued at $3.5 million. And, but it ended up being purchased by a Regents Bank, by Regents Financial. Mm-hmm. For two point three million, who then sold it in two thousand ten to its current owner, uh, Houston, Texas oil millionaire Michael Whalen. He bought it for two point one million. It is a private home that he uses when he's in town and is not open to the public. Too bad. <clears throat> Which seems like a waste to me. Yeah. Of a legendary haunted place perfectly good haunted house going to waste that you could make a lot of money off of but he holds parties there and stuff he has a living caretaker and then the caretaker's daughter is the uh, housekeeper and i think he does let people stay there friends and stuff and mm-hmm. probably use it during, uses it during mardi gras but uh his primary residence is isn't in, it like in, in the Houston. middle of town like downtown yeah, area because it's, it's the one that's like pretty iconic in yeah, how it looks it's at the french quarter I mean, it's yeah on, but it's, say, a, it's at the french quarter it's royal and i don't know the other intersection but it's at royal it's at a corner yeah i see that um now as far as the paranormal activity you pretty much got everything reported over the years mm-hmm. uh you've got your uh That is a really loud chain thing you got there. You sound like a ghost rattling their chains. It does, doesn't it? Sorry about that. You've got your apparitions and ghostly figures. Uh, Many visitors claim to have seen ghostly figures and apparitions within the mansion. Uh, Often include the spirits of slaves. uh, Or described as African-American, you know... Uh, moans and cries, disembodied voices, screams, moaning, crying. You know, normal the, stuff. The usual. The huge Temperature fluctuates, fluctuations, cold spots. Uh, objects moving or disappearing when no one's in the house. That kind of thing. Now, is this stuff that's been reported? Obviously, the guy who... Well, I mean, people have lived in there. I mean, this has been an apartment building right. before it's saying. been a is school. It, is it the people that have been there prior to the, the current owner? Yeah, a lot of the stories come for that. But then there are also stories from tour guides because this is on the uh, walking. You know, if you go mm. to New Orleans and take yeah. one mm-hmm. of those ghost city tours, right? there's a stop in front of this house and people have reported things happening. Hearing and seeing and, and such. From the street, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also feelings of unease and oppression, dread in certain areas of the house. That's all of New Orleans. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, last time I was on Bourbon Street, I, I felt a depressing feeling of exactly. dread. I was like, why don't I have my pistol with me right now? This place is scary as hell. It's on the corner of Royal and Governor Nichols Street. Yeah. And on its backside is a two-star hotel called The Haunted. Uh, of course it is. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. See, so, now there is a story that in 1894, it was in an apartment building, and uh, one of the tenants in the apartments was viciously murdered under s- suspicious circumstances. 
His apartment had been ransacked. Nothing was taken. And his friends told the police that he had been complaining about spirits in the house Mm. and said a demon would eventually kill him. Hmm. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Um, at one point, it was a all-girls school for African-American girls, ironically, after all, if they'd have known what had gone on in there. Mm. But uh, many of the students reported being attacked by a phantom that would leave them with scratches and bruises. They referred to their attacker as that woman. But it wouldn't be her because she died in France. Why couldn't she come back? She'd if come she come back. Was, you can haunt whenever you had, want. That emotional attachment, that physical, spiritual attachment to the place. There have been, uh, there's more than one, that's not just them that have been attacked. There's, there is an aggressive presence in the house, um, which it have to be, considering the horrible, you can, there's no way that didn't leave a stain on that ground. Oh, for sure. Um, so this house is on every New Orleans ghost tour. And uh, many tour guides and tourists have reported seeing seeing stuff in windows, hearing sounds, you know, moans or cries coming from it. Of course, who knows? I mean, it's New Orleans. But uh, there's one tour guide who said that uh, they were under a streetlight. The streetlight had been out for weeks. And then when she started to tell the story about Leah, when she said the name of Leah, the streetlight flickered to life. And then when she said the name again, is that you, Leah, that it blew out, like Mm. exploded. Oh, wow. I mean, but. Yeah, I know. Who knows, right? Um, There's only been one televised investigation of this property. Uh, The current owner allowed, well, I guess it would have been filmed in 2018, but. Jack Osborne and Katrina Weidman mm-hmm. to do an inv- televised investigation. Portals to Hell. Portals to Hell. It is season one, episode seven, if you want to watch it. Um, uh, there were some, it's a Jack and a cameraman were alone in the in a, what is now a bedroom, but it's supposed to be in the area where the slave quarters were in the original house. Mm-hmm. This is also the place where everyone reports uh, the dread feeling. Uh, the house is dope on the inside though it is cool i bet it is cool some of these bedrooms are done like this guy is having some crazy parties in this place well it's like when you can afford to buy that house you can afford to decorate it pretty but you know it doesn't really look like he to me it looks like like nikki cage decorated it (laughs) so lots of leopard prints yeah zebra prints over the top type stuff yeah i'm sure he definitely left his mark on the property um, but they were there. They picked up, actually got on camera, shadows moving. Like, you know how you've got a light reflection against the wall? Mm-hmm. They got shadows blocking yeah. that out in that room, that particular room that used to be the slaves' quarters. The SLX camera, you know, the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a a chair where a thing appeared in it, a child-sized figure got mapped in and uh it would interact a little bit move reach its hand up if you has and then katrina put her hand there there was a cold spot now nobody showed the thermometer proved there was a cold spot right. there but but she said there was well i mean i trust jack i trust katrina I tr- and her too <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely i mean she's worked with dink groff and some of the you right. know um there was that they also interviewed the uh Oh, they used a ghost box, which I hate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is it's sort of like a spirit, like SL7, but it's the one with the speaker on it that goes. Oh, I can never understand. I know. I, I don't hear anything. anything. Yeah, I it's don't just either. murmuring and mumbling. Yeah, I don't hear it. To me. Maybe maybe if you're standing over the topic, because you know it's going to be very different when you're when you're there. Yeah, they're mic'd up. You've got camera. Who knows right. what's lost but, in translation, but yeah, I've but never what heard What we anything. actually get when we watch the show, it's like... It sounds spooky because of... Yeah, but that's all I get. But they they claim there were intelligent interactions. What I heard was... 
they were shown around the house by the uh, living caretaker and her daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both had stories about disembodied voices, shadow figures, doorknobs jiggling on their own when no one's there. And this is the caretaker and her daughter? And her daughter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her daughter's the housekeeper, and the woman actually lives there mm-hmm. on site. Uh, but the daughter says she won't go in the house after dark. Really? Alone, at least. Yeah. Um, so she believes it's there's something. They've there. both seen plenty of things. Yeah. But I say, if they say it is, and I 100% trust yeah. that. I mean, they live there. I mean. They live there. For the most part. Um, they also interview a woman named Annie. Now, Annie lived in the mansion as a child in the 1960s when it was a uh, an apartment building again. Mm-hmm. during one of its apartment times and she tells about one day her family had been out they come home and her and her sister's beds were no longer up against the walls where they were they'd been pushed to the middle of the room hmm. Interesting. but nobody was home yeah um she also said they would hear screams in the night while they were trying to sleep. You know, they begged their, she talks about begging her father to let him sleep with the lights on, which he allowed it. Mm-hmm. Apparently they all saw stuff. I was going to say probably cause dad had heard. Or he, seen well, stuff they or saw stuff too. That she tells about how she saw the apparition of a young black girl sitting on the roof with her feet dangling off the side. Right, it, it would have been the same spot, but a story up from mm-hmm. from where uh, Leah had leapt to her death. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so you know, I don't. I mean, she became very emotional, was crying and stuff, talking about some of these things. Well, she believed it. She believed it. I believe her. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe she believed it. And um, and she also returned to the house in the eighties. To uh, make peace with the house, as she said. And upon entering, she was immediately attacked by something unseen and knocked to the ground. No, I'm out. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done at that point. I've had a lot of experiences. I've been touched. I've seen stuff. That's another physical attack. I've had stuff thrown at me, but if it's going to knock me to the ground, I'm done. Also, I, I'm not playing the, in that sandbox anymore. The, the caretaker showed a picture that uh, one of the current owner's guests had taken when he was staying in this room. Mm-hmm. The room with the dread feelings, the room with the moving shadows. I don't know. You ever seen this Star Trek episode about Tribbles? The trouble with Tribbles? Mm-hmm. Yes. A little, fur- little furry thing? It but- looks like a Tribble on the bed. That orangish yellow. Yeah, but it's brown. It's a brown just shape that kind of almost looks furry. Mm. Maybe it couldn't manifest all the way. It, I don't know. That yeah, it was is a very strange photograph. Uh, she also talked about how she would be in that room, and she had seen the mattress depress as if something was laying on it when no one was there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You can have the bed. <laughs> I don't need it. So that's about. Unfortunately, no one else has been there. Been there. Yeah. Not, not, not even Zach. Oh my God! They didn't let. They Zach didn't let in? Zach have a Zach attack. What the hell is wrong I with them? You know that Zach has tried. The hell is wrong with them? Because they've been. They've done stuff in New Orleans. Yeah, they the did the cemetery. The didn't that the one they did? They the, did a lot of stuff. Like there was the whole ghost of Katrina thing they did. What's that big cemetery there? Um, Le Cemetery. Oh my gosh! Just so that to get an idea, Bourbon Street's very long. We know this. Mm-hmm. This is a that, block south of Bourbon. Just one block okay. south, like east of Bourbon Street. Yeah, it's an interesting place. I've been twice. Uh, I have never been to Nolens. Never been to Nolens. Never been. That's sad. It's kind of it's cool. Been to a lot of other places. St. Louis Cemetery, Lafayette Cemetery. Maybe it's St. Louis. We know their their cemetery is so interesting because everything's above ground Mm -hmm. because it's below sea level. Yeah, because of the it's a swamp. Yeah it's, yeah, it's below sea level. <laughs> so there's an awesome World War II museum. I I didn't get, I haven't had a chance to go to it. It's a, a block off of Bourbon. Um, the last time I was there, 
Um, but yeah, I've had, uh, I've had, I've eaten at the palace cafe. I've had frog legs at Antoine's. I've had, uh, the, uh, beignets from Cafe du Monde. Mm-hmm. So with gr- their chicory coffee. With ch- I, so for this, I would Gross. say that if, if it is not haunted, if it's not haunted, I'd be surprised if it wasn't, man, it missed a good chance. What I was, think most places there are truly because of all of the things that went on in that city. There is so much reported voodoo. about all the voodoo. Yeah. All, I mean, you know, that's a, that's part of the culture there. I mean, the 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 history of it. Mm-hmm. You know that, that that's a well known thing, and you know, I mm, I don't know. Also, with things like that happening, I think that's one of those things that that ground is forever haunted now. Like, how do you... Yeah, it's stained. <laughs> Who knows how you do the voodoo that you do. I mean, that is, like, bad. That's awful. Yeah. That... That's, like, worse than some of the serial killers that you hear in, like, BTK and all that stuff you hear oh, about nowadays. That's awful. That's, that's right up there with it's Dahmer. and messed up. You know? Yeah, it's Dahmer-level stuff. That's Dahmer. Yeah, that is... I don't know if she was eating them, though. Whether she was well, or whether damn. she was I mean, who I mean, cares? <laughs> I mean, you're cutting pieces off a butt. I mean, it's a fatty part. That's you know. Oh. When you're when you're transposing or the that that's parts that's and, the most jacked up thing I've ever heard. Um, like it's I, old I mean, seriously, school. But also, what really, as a matter of fact, it would disturb me more than that one though is the 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 crab lady. Yeah, that's something wicked. Just think about that. Breaking somebody's legs over to oh. then make letting them heal back in an unnatural fashion, then breaking them again until you got what you the shape that you wanted. Oh my god. This now is... were these people dead when they found them Mm-mm. in the attic? No, Crab Lady was alive. Uh Face Guy was supposedly alive. Oh. Not all of them were alive. They said the stench of death and the, blood the, I cannot and imagine. Rot was overpowering. What about the genitalia imagine. folks? I'm assuming they were probably dead. Probably dead, yeah. Not sure on I that. I cannot imagine. I'm sure intestine lady was no dead. No way you survived that. Anybody, Saw that in the terminal list. You you pull out somebody's intestines. Ain't gonna make anybody that's lived in the South in the summertime in an attic. That's what I, I don't get. Um, Half of what was going on up there is true. Seems like the neighbors would have, and and she was having all these parties. And How stuff. did she have that many people alive up also, there? Also, why is thing. she? Here's my question: well, Is she, she doing that? Some them, was she doing that somewhere else and then putting them up there? Because I don't. Well, why would you want to continue to mutilate no, people with torture, the smell all of the all that? Torture devices were up there. I mean, mm. why would you? Oh, can you imagine the smell no. that she would have to? Well, because surely as, this is not all happened. As long as the door sealed good, and you've got vents to the but I'm saying the she's the one that's got to be in there because you know this did not all happen at the same time everybody stunk back then though well maybe yeah, <laughs> that but, is true but putting shit in it's people's true. mouths well I don't yeah, know that's, that's true the top. I mean there's a lot of stuff of this stuff that was that the uh, tales have become much more sensationalized and salacious over the years <laughs> Well, you that know, seems pretty minor compared to you switching genitalias on folks. And yeah, that's, well, probably, that's like, probably the most sensational sounding one, but it, all, the, 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 the crab lady, that's in all these stories. So when you're... So that one... Probably legit. When we talk legit. about this, you know, you think about uh, the Bell Witch when we did the Bell Witch. And this is a story that probably was sensational at the time. And now over the, you know, 150, 200 years, it's become... You know, this big sense, and it's told over and over, and everybody has to add a little bit to it, you know. And yeah. eventually, it's, you know, you have Stone Stew. So, what know? do we know? How do we know? Is there anything kept in like any sort of records? Well, we do know that the, the uh, slaves that were removed from, from the home, they were definitely emaciated. They had been starved, they had been beaten with. With mm. whips. So sad. Uh, there were the bodies that were found. The bodies. There okay. were record the they uh and then some of the tales at least of the rescuers have been documented in the history like the courts and stuff like that. Well, there was no court. She escaped. There's nothing to I didn't know if it was somehow written down by the police even before the mob lynching or the mob and the it all kind of happened. She escaped stuff. the night of the of the you know yeah. All of it. 
So they could have they could have you charged could've. her, but she would have already been gone. Oh, they would they would have charged her. Yeah, if the mob didn't get a hold of her and string her up. Mm-hmm. Because even despite the status of enslaved people back then, at least in New Orleans, there were some sensibilities about treatment of. I mean, there was in a lot of places, but the they enforced it in New Orleans. I was going to say, but it wasn't enforced. Uh, in deep south, it just wasn't enforced. But here it was, apparently. There were laws Obviously. that said you, you cannot beat, you cannot you know, be horrible to your right. slaves. But It wasn't enforced. It, it, it was not In enforced. New Orleans, it was enforced, but it was like a $300 fine and forced to sell, not taken away, yeah, sell just, nine slaves. So you still made money. Yeah. It was so it was kind of a, yeah. A, and, and this, and she not make any excuse or anything either. Uh, oh, obviously not. She did live at the time that the Haitian Revolution occurred, where enslaved folks fr- rose up against the French in Haiti mm-hmm. and well, killed a lot of slave owners. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was a very violent revolution. Uh, there was the German Coast Revolt in Louisiana, where thousands of slaves rose up that killed several white people were killed. Uh, so she kind of grew up in this plus the turbulent times i mean mm-hmm. where she lived changed became was three different countries yeah and uh but i mean that doesn't excuse anything there's just try to find some sort of insight into the mentality of why someone would do that but ultimately she's a i think we're still at that place bag. we're trying to figure out why all these people do that but yeah i mean who knows what, bag. if the i mean I couldn't. I didn't really see what the second husband died of. She killed him, but she got his money. I didn't see. Uh, it was just an illness that killed the first husband, right? Plus, she inherited all her father's stuff. But to say, is that how she got her money? Inheritance and then rich husbands. Just rich husbands and her parent family inheritance. Hmm. 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 I don't know if they sold the plantation, but they're. Were other family members, uh, at least a couple of her kids joined her in France. So that's crazy. Um, I'd like to go. I wish they'd let you in. Yeah, I mean, that would be a cool place to visit, but I don't know how long I would visit. It's got to feel dark when you get there, you know. Well, I can only imagine. I definitely go back to New Orleans, but oh yeah, to eat. But I mean, it's it's so funny because when you see the house, it's a very nondescript looking. I mean, it looks just like a French quarter, like right. every other, like all the others, because it's painted gray. Yeah. according to these pictures, you know, yeah. so it's really pretty. Didn't I'm used sure. to be gray. No, I'm think, sure it uh, used to be all kinds of stuff. Either Nicky Cage or Mr. Whalen painted it gray. It used to be red. <laughs> oh, red really? Gray, like red, standard red. brick color. Yeah. 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 Well, man, that was a good one. That is really cool. But God, how dark. Now you said that you're there's right. You do you bring the the, the, the trigger, trigger warnings. warnings. <laughs> now there's a show, right? American Horror Story. American or Horror where... Story season three is is uh, Kathy Bates plays her, Madame Delphine Lalaurie. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it with much artistic liberties taken. I'm Probably, sure. I haven't seen. I it. haven't seen it either. But I, I, was just I, I actually is that Coven. Yeah, I think I so. watched that one. I wanted to watch it in preparation, but I realized it was the entire season. Yeah, it's yes. an ongoing thing. So I was thing. like, eh, you know, yeah. I'll, 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 well, I bet I'll she played it. a good, I bet she did a good job. I mean, who's going to? She did. She's, yeah. She's good at everything. She really is. She's very talented. Well, let's go to New Orleans. I just want to go. Yeah, let's eat. That's, yes. it's, That's what I'm about. I, I want, want a beignet. I want the food. Practice my mm-hmm. French. Some of the best food in the country Francais. right there. Only right. at six hours away. I mean, six, seven hours. It's not that far away. No. No. Hell, you can only Tequila get to like Ocho. half of Texas that way. Tequila Ocho for me. Lagavulin. Lagavulin 16 for Alicia. Alicia? <laughs> Alicious. <laughs> Alicious, yes. <laughs> rare breed. Huh? Wild turkey. Rare breed, rare breed. Wild turkey. Can't beat this. Good. Jimmy Russell's finest. All right. Remember when you go see the YouTube videos that you like and subscribe, punch that subscribe button. It's good for us. 
feeds the the YouTube algorithm. If you don't subscribe, the spirit of Madame Lalaurie will come after you and oh do God. horrible things to you. Awful. End up a crap. <laughs> That's bad. So bad. Have a night. Have yeah, a good yeah. night. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Let the good times roll. Was a love all. Gooks Tigers. Go, sir. I hate that every E-A-U-X.